I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to talk about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and washing, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Everyday, and on Instagram at Kristen Esser. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 31. Happy summer, everyone. Man, we are into it here. Unless you're in Australia, Southern Hemisphere in general, then, you know, I guess you're into the winter. But here it is hot. As a matter of fact, I was going to record yesterday, but it was 99 degrees here in Southern California, and I just could not make myself do it um, because I think I've talked about it before. I record in my master bedroom closet, and even here at not even 9 a.m., it's so hot in here. (laughs) It is so hot in here, but I do it. I do it for you. I'm a bit late with this podcast because, you know, it's summer, and everyone's home, and it's a little hard to carve out time to to record, Um, but a lot of it is because uh, we went on vacation, as people do. And it was great. We went uh, up to um, Washington State, about an hour north of Seattle, where we go every other year um, to this lake house where my uh, two of my brothers and their families and my dad, we all go up there and we stay in this gorgeous lake house um, right on the lake. And there's a jet ski, even though that broke sort of early on, but there's a ski boat and Um, I don't really do those water sporty things so much anymore, but I do enjoy watching the, oh gosh, I think there were 14 of us up there and I don't know, there's something like, let me do the math for, you don't care, a lot of, like 11 grandkids to my dad, so nieces and nephews. So just a lot of kids that are jumping in the lake and um, Ben got up on the the wakeboard and, you know, I just love kind of just putting around on the lake in a boat. So that was great, um, and that was for one week, and then my husband and I took the next week off. I like to have a lot of margin around my my vacations. Um, I'm not one of those people that sort of flies home, gets to the house at 11 p.m., and then has to get up and go to work the next day. No way, man. I need, I need some margin. <laughs> so we took actually the whole next week off, and I did just kind of sit around for the first couple days, and then I started to get bored. When I'm at the lake, that's the thing I love about the lake, is that there's very little required of me. You know, there's a little cooking. Um, at some point, we just we we flew there with only carry-on baggage. So at some point, sort of halfway through the week, I need to do some laundry. Um, but other than that, you know, there's not much required of me other than just you know chatting and catching up with family. And um, so I decided the thing to do. I, I mean, I just I love a project. So I'll, I'll talk about it more at the homemaking um, section of this, but. My husband and I got back on our decluttering project and kicked butt. <laughs> so I'm feeling so good. And one of the rooms that we did is this master closet, which is so much better. But I'll talk about that later. But that was that was really nice. It was kind of a mix of um, doing some knitting and um, reading and then doing, you know, a little cleanup and trips to Goodwill. So that was, it was all good. Um, I do have to talk about when I packed to go to the lake um the the few days before it I kind of rediscovered knitting now if you started with this podcast with me back when I first started it I was a little obsessed with the knitting then not a great knitter I'm kind of a terrible knitter but I do enjoy it 
until I don't, till something goes wrong and then I get mad and then I throw it in the corner and I forget about it for a while. But I do love to um, especially knit socks on vacation because it's so easy to do in a plane. It's so portable. So I had a, um, on a second sock, I've been on a second sock for like nine months and I took that out and kind of got it going again and was like, I love knitting. So I packed that. I actually ran over to Michael's and got some of the, um, what's it called? Sugar and cream cotton yarn because I love knitted dishcloths. I do not love knitting dishcloths because I don't really like knitting with cotton yarn. It's not stretchy and that makes it just like a little not as fun to knit with, but I got a couple balls of that and, um, my knitted dishcloths are starting to fall apart and show their age. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that too. I'm going to knit a couple dishcloths. And then, um, I also decided that I was going to pack up my hand pieced quilt along quilt and I was going to do the hand quilting on it. Now I've talked about this project before that I wanted to do a Baptist fan a motif on it and I even bought a Baptist fan stencil when I went to Road to California and used the Crayola ultra clean markers which was so scary but I tested them to mark the design and just I, I wasn't loving using the stencil because you know it leaves gaps between it um, so that the stencil fault doesn't fall apart and then I wasn't really liking once you did one part how you had to kind of pick it up and move it somewhere else I didn't think it seemed cohesive I just, I was not loving it. And so I tried, I went through and I, I like marked the whole quilt and I'm just like, I am, I am just not loving this. So I, in a very terrified manner, took the whole quilt, just, it's a, like a 24 by 24 or something. And I filled the bathtub with a couple inches of water and I put it in the bathtub to soak the marks out. So it's just, it's, it's just basted. It's thread basted. Um, and I just kind of swooshed it around a little bit and then I walked away from it and came back, I don't know, 15 minutes later, rinsed it out and then just hung it out to dry. And it worked. Those marks came out. I had used kind of a, a bright pink to mark the motif. And, uh, I just decided, you know what? I'm not taking this. I'm not feeling this project right now. Um, I'm just feeling very insecure about my hand quilting abilities, which I shouldn't really care about, but I kind of do. And what I really should do is maybe just quilt, you know, a quarter inch from the seams and all the patches. That's what a lot of people did. And it looks very nice, but I had this, this concept of just having this overall curvy design on it. Now there are a number of tutorials online about, um, how to make your own Baptist fan marking thing where you basically, can I explain this? You take a piece of template plastic and you hold it in place like with a pin or something and, and punch a hole in it and, and basically make it swing like a, like a, a compass in a way. And then you, um, I think you actually mark several dots. Like if you want it to be say a half inch apart, mark several of those. And then you just keep it in one place, do the bottom hole, you know, and mark it. I'm swinging my hands here. Can you see me like a compass? And then you do that for each of them. I don't know. I think I need a whole new plan. So here, you know, I've somehow gotten completely off on my, um, part of my quilting segment. And I, let's be honest, haven't talked about my cup of tea yet, but let me just finish this thought. So I decided not to take the hand, um, quilting project, but I still haven't put the sashing on, um, the second hand piece quilt along quilt I did. And so I packed that all up and put that in there. And so I have one bag with my knitting, one bag with my hand piecing. 
And um, for the days leading up to going on vacation, I, I kept pulling that knitting bag out and I was knitting. And so the morning comes, as we do here in California, got up at four o'clock in the morning and so that we could be at the, the airport by six. And I sit down with my cup of coffee and, we're, you know, we just get the news that our plane has been delayed for an hour. And I'm like, no problem. I have knitting. I look at my carry-on. I do not have knitting. I left my knitting bag at home. And seriously, people, I thought I was going to cry. I was so sad because I was so feeling the knitting mojo. And, um, and I have to say that in my own little two-year-old temper tantrum-y way, I refused to touch that hand piecing project that I brought because <laughs> I was texting my friends like, I left my knitting bag at home. And they're like, well, you, you got your hand piecing. And I'm like, yes, I do. And I very stubbornly did not touch it the whole time. I brought up um, to the lake two bags of fabric scraps and this um, line that I thought my nieces would like. And my sister-in-law, she brought, a, she completely just made up a hand piecing project to do at the lake because we were all about the hand piecing two years ago when we did this. And I, you know, kind of uh, supported people as they were doing it, but I just, I refused to sew because I was so bad about the knitting. <laughs> How dumb is that? But anyways, knitting is the perfect vacation project. So what can I say? So um, I didn't mean to get so off on, on that, but doesn't matter. So let's talk about the tea. It is 1 million degrees in the closet. I have no business drinking hot tea, but again, for you, I do it. And I'm drinking this um, blend that was sent to me by Deanna Sanzano, who, if you remember, did the long arming on my Irish chain quilt. And when she sent that quilt back to me, she sent me a whole goodie bag of adorable things, um, including this project bag that's just so cute. And it's very French, it has this cute little French fabric, so perfectly me. It's like she just knows me. And one of the, and she sent me a bunch of tea. And this one, it comes in one of those cute little wooden boxes, which I'm completely saving. Um, and it's called Shakespeare's, <laughs> I can't even talk, Shakespeare's Blend, a fine English breakfast tea. And it's, um, it's I, you know me, I love my just straight up English breakfast tea. So I'm drinking that. I really should pour it over ice or something because it is, it's so hot in here, even at nine o'clock in the morning. So grab your either iced tea, cold fun drink, or maybe your hot cocoa or coffee or tea if you're down there, um, if you're down under, and uh, join me for the rest of uh, this podcast. Thank you once again to Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring this podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, and notions. And did you know that they now carry cross-stitch supplies? This month, you can get 20% off of Kona solids, and who doesn't need more solids in their stash? Fat Quarter Shop carries all major brands like Moda, Riley Blake, Wyndham, Robert Kaufman, and Art Gallery with the largest selections of Fat Quarters ever. Whatever the fabric, pattern, or notion you're looking for, chances are they'll have it. Visit them at fatquartershop.com. I'll pop a link in the show notes for you. Okay, let's talk quilting. As I think that I've mentioned, not a lot of quilting mojo here in the summer. And although I think that that could be changing, now that the weather's getting really hot, I want to stay inside with the air conditioning on or the fan on, where before when the weather was a little bit more mild, 
I felt stupid for sitting inside at my sewing machine. I wanted to sit outside doing some kind of handwork. So that was kind of happening, more reading and knitting and things like that. But now that it's hot, I kind of just want to want to stay inside. I did um, finally release the block for the Moda Bake Shop Quilt Along. I think it's called Summer at the Seashore. My block was a sun block. I know I've talked about it before, but I don't know the detail. It is a drunkard's path block. It is I should say that differently. It is a block made up of 16 drunkard's path units. And I have a confession to make. When Moda Bake Shop called for submissions for, um, you know, sort of beachy themed blocks, you know, I kind of was hunting around EQ8 and looking for things to inspire me. And I found this block with these drunkard's path units in it. And I colored it like a sun. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. And, and I submitted two blocks um, and that was one of them. I had never sewn a drunkard's path block when I submitted this. And after I did, then I did sit down and I figured it out and went, okay, this is no problem. And, and I'm like, you know, but if it doesn't get accepted, that's totally fine, which is actually what I thought happened at first. So a little bit 11th hour, I found out that yes, you do have to make this block and the block is 12 inches finished and there are 16 units in it, which if you do the math on that means that every unit in this block is a three inch unit. It's a three inch drunkard's path curve. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So I spent a whole afternoon sewing this block. And I got to say, I learned a lot. And I did put some of those tips into my post for it. But I don't think that there were very many that I didn't actually at some point when I was done with the block, when I went to iron it, that I, there's stuff I had to pick out and do over because of puckering. I did learn when you're doing a curved block, it makes perfect sense that, um, and I'll put a, I'll put a picture so you can, in the show notes in case you don't know what a drunkard's path looks like, but there's a square part and a round part and the square part is where really all the gathers are, so to speak on the curve. And so if you sew with that side up, that makes any sense, then you can manage the puckers. And I wasn't doing that at first. And so I learned that I also learned to use a combination of pins and glue because pins just get kind of fussy. And so I would, I would pin it, um, in three places, the middle and the two ends, and then I would glue it in place. And that really, I felt like the glue held better than pins. And I just used your standard Elmer's school glue, like, um, glue stick even. So that was a little bit crazy. Um, there seemed to be, well, I, I was very nervous once I made this block. I'm like, people are going to hate me on this quilt along. And the Moda Bake Shop summer quilt along, very popular. There's like hundreds and hundreds of people doing it. And they're posting their progress in the Facebook group, group called the Moda Bake Shop Bakers. And oh my goodness, I was just afraid that everyone was just going to curse me. And there was a little bit of that. I'll be honest. There's a lot of people who were like, th you know, kind of thank you for the challenge. I never would have tackled curves. So that was good. Um, but there were a lot of people who were kind of like, yeah, not doing that one. People turned, uh, took the idea, turned it into like a sun that was a half square triangle. A couple people did variations where they just did a solid center or solid corner so that there were less blocks, which I wish I'd thought of that. That was a really good idea. But, um, yeah, so that was, that was a little bit rough, but that, that block's done. And, um, and so that was all done and dusted even before we left for vacation. So we came back, you know, I had time, I was home and I just still, it wasn't honestly not even occurring me to sit down and sew. I was just kind of in a weird, a weird place. 
And then my friend Holly Ann um, asked if I would test her pattern for this uh, placemat that she created called Good as Pie. It's completely adorable. It's about uh, roughly 15 by 18, so it's like a really nice size uh, placemat. And it's made up of a lot of flying geese. So I broke out my little plastic bag. I've got a little um, basket in my sewing room now with kind of what I would call quick wins. They're they're units and, and lines of fabric that I that I've done other projects for, but I had units left over. And someday I just I'm going to turn that into a mug rug or a mug rug or a table topper or something. And so I pulled out the poppy cotton. Um, What's it called? I am blanking. Prairie Sisters is the name of the line. I did it, uh, my, my flying geese table runner with that. And I had, because I planned kind of badly for that, I have a gazillion flying geese already constructed left over. So I was able to pull some of those out. They turned out to be a slightly different size than the ones called for in her pattern, but um, where she called for 12, 10 fit perfectly. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing that. And in one afternoon, I kind of just broke through my my lack of quilting mojo and put together this um, really cute little placemat. And I even, during that time, um, we were about to leave. It was National Ice Cream Day, and my daughter is doing a summer job at an ice cream shop. And we're going to go there. And some, one of the kids said, I need 20 minutes to probably finish a video game. And I took out my baby lock machine, which is, you know, like in the closet at this point because I love my Juki. But I wanted to do that wavy line quilting um, that's programmed in where you just pick it and then I kind of stretch it out to like stitch length and width to like seven and three and does this nice little wavy line. I busted that out and quilted the whole placemat and put the machine away before it was even time to go get ice cream. So it was felt really good. The next day I made... Um, binding and I did my machine binding. I thought this is another good opportunity to to practice machine binding. I think I must have gotten a little cocky because I did not do so well and I had to go back and hand stitch some things which I don't care about on like a table topper or a placemat. I would be really mad at myself if I did that on an actual quilt. So I'm still hand stitching those quilts. But um, I'll put a picture in the show notes. I still need to take a nice picture of my um, goodest pie. Um, placemat and that pattern I'll put a link in the show notes it's going to be releasing on August 1st over at Holly Ann's website which is called string and story so so check that out but it was kind of just the perfect way to go oh you know what I do like sewing because sometimes I just can you know lose my mojo a bit so anyways um so that's kind of you know so I don't have a lot to, to report on that but as I've been going through and um decluttering my closet. I've decluttered my sewing room. I have come across some quilts that um, are, you know, completed and I like them, but I'm not using them for whatever reason. One of them is um, my half square triangle quilt called um, Color Wave. And I had a hard time using one. That was the one that I submitted to a magazine and it made the cover a couple years ago and which completely blew my mind. And so there's part of me that I don't know. I just felt like I can't use this quilt, but it is. It's totally in rotation now. And so that was really good. It's red, white, and blue. It was done with Bonnie and Camille's vintage picnic fabric, just like, I don't know, eight charm packs or something. And the other two quilts that are uh, languishing there without ownership is a quilt that I did last year for Fat Quarter Shop. It's these big um, half rectangle quilts with this very pretty um, fabric called Sweet, I think it's called Sweet Marion by April Rosenthal. 
And I've mentioned before in a previous podcast that I'm a selfish quilter and that I have a hard time giving away quilts, especially the quilts that we use are the quilts that I made early in my quilting career, completely not my taste anymore. And now I'm making quilts that are more my taste, but I'm also feeling compelled that I should start giving them away. So I've given away a few. I still have um, a brother and at least two close friends that I want to give a quilt to, but that sweet Marian fabric did not seem right. Um, so I was kind of hanging off on that. And then I just did a um, that Irish chain quilt, and I love that quilt, but I'm feeling compelled um, to give both of those quilts away to um, to friends. And so I'm, I'm kind of thinking on that. I think that's probably going to happen this week. And then I have this, um, this quilt. It's a Bonnie Hunter free pattern that's, you know, like a scrap quilt. And I made it years ago to practice long arming because that was going to be my plan. Well, that plan has gone out the window, but I still do have this completed quilt top. I'm like, oh, maybe that is the right quilt to give my brother. My only issue with it is that the scraps in it are from frankly, before I had cute scraps, <laughs> you know, I had a lot of inherited fabric, kind of old. Um, and again, my taste in fabric has changed. And so I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Like, I feel like this doesn't really represent me, but you know, it is a little bit, there's a, a little more dark things. Like maybe it is a little bit more masculine. Not that the whole family won't use that quilt, but I'm kind of thinking about that. And I do love it when you, like any Bonnie Hunter um, scrap quilt, like if you get really close and look at those little patches, as she said, there can be some stinkers in there, but when you look at it as a full design, it looks really cool. So um, I'm thinking about having that long-armed and um, sending that off. And then that would be three more quilts out into the world. Um, and I would, I think I'd feel really good about that. And now that I do have a um, my color wash quilt in rotation for our family, um, I feel like, okay, now I've got a quilt that's kind of my current taste that is, you know, so I feel like I can let these other ones, let these other ones go. So that's kind of what's going on with, um, with my quilting life. Although I do have to just, um, this is already getting long, but I just had to tell you a funny story about, do you belong to the group called Quilting Bee on Facebook? because a crazy thing happened there. So a friend texted me and said, go check out Quilting Bee. So it's one of those very large groups, like 24,000 people are in this group. And it's just your standard quilting, you know, just people sharing stuff. And the administrator, who I think is an older woman, I don't know that for sure, but she didn't want to be the administrator for that big group anymore. So she asked if somebody would like to take it over. And this other woman took it over. And then she turned it into a witchcraft group. I am not kidding you. First, it was the intersection of witchcraft and crafting in general. And then at some point over this period of, of like two days, it went, it was like, there's these ominous messages that said, this is not a quilting group anymore. This is a witchcraft group. And she's just started posting all these weird, you know, like witchcrafty things. It was just the craziest thing. People are, are like, it, it, well, first of all, you couldn't comment on any of her posts. Every post that you tried to do was moderated. So she was not accepting quilting posts anymore. And then somebody started a new quilting bee. It's called Quilting Bee 2 um, Facebook group. But it was just the craziest thing. It was like kind of hilarious to 
to follow along, but I felt really bad because it was a group of 24,000 people. Like somebody had built that group up and then someone else who she trusted just came in and turned it into this whole other thing. So it was absolutely the weirdest thing that I have come across in the quilting industry. And the other thing that I do want to mention is if you belong to the Modern Quilt Guild, I got an email today that there is a webinar for improv hand quilting tonight. And I know you can watch replays of these webinars at all times, so it doesn't really matter that it's tonight. Um, but I thought I was going to tune into that to see if I could sort of get over myself on the hand quilting. So maybe if I just created some sort of a whole cloth quilt or something and just practice some hand quilting in a kind of funky improv way, maybe I could sort of get my... Uh, you know, my gumption up to hand quilt that. <laughs> Love to hand piece, hand quilting, a little bit nervous about. It's it's super weird. So you might want to check that out. Well, I already mentioned that I found a little bit of my knitting mojo um, back. So I'm finishing a sock. I'm doing, I've already done one dishcloth and I plan to do three more. So, so that's kind of fun. Um, I'm just doing the most basic dishcloth, which is called, I think it's called my grandmother's favorite dishcloth. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, I have a post all about learning to knit and learning to knit dishcloths is a pretty easy way to do that. As I've mentioned, knitting with cotton yarn is not my favorite thing to do, but it is a way to just learn to knit and do a couple yarn overs um, and some, um, which makes an increase or knit two together, which is a decrease. So it has a lot of skills in it uh, and you end up with something useful at the end. So you might wanna kind of check that out. Let's talk a little bit about what I've been watching. Who watched Big Little Lies? That whole season has dropped and is, is done now. And uh, it was real. I thought it was really good. It had Meryl Streep in it wearing these weird prosthetic teeth that gave her an overbite. And she was super good and creepy. And uh, when I watched the end, I assumed they were going for a third season, but I have since read that that is not the plan. So... I, what I kind of considered a cliffhanger ending um, is, I guess, not so cliffhangery. So if you haven't watched Big Little Lies, uh, you might want to check that out. The one thing that, I, this doesn't sound like me, and I think I've mentioned this before, that um, I'm a Star Trek fan, but really mostly Star Trek Next Generation, which was, you know, in the 90s, like the, the Captain Picard years. And I... Um, you know, I've watched kind of some of the other ones, Deep Space Nine and Voyager and Enterprise, but nothing ever captured my imagination like uh, The Next Generation. Well, on the way home from Washington, um, you know, I love the when you can fly now, you can just plug into these entertainment systems where you can watch TV shows or movies instead of everybody watching the one TV sh you know, movie that you don't want to watch. You've got, you know, so many better choices. My kids had no idea how we suffered on planes years ago, but I discovered Star Trek Discovery. And it's the, the most recent Star Trek. And I know one of the um, podcast listeners has mentioned that she named a, the hand one of her handpiece quilt along. A call, she named it Discovery, I think, because she was watching it as she made that quilt. And man, I love it. I absolutely love the show. I watched like three episodes. And it's... Um, What's pretty cool is that there are women and women of color in charge. So that is pretty, it's, it's just, it's fabulous. And then I was devastated to come home and find out that it's on CBS All Access. It's only available on their streaming service. And so I'm just like, I'm kind of bummed about that. But now that, you know, so we've got Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu 
and very like we kind of just got HBO'd so we could watch Game of Thrones and then I got sucked into Big Little Lies. I have a feeling that the way the future is going to go here with, you know, NBC is going to have their whole streaming service. So they're pulling The Office down. And I think Friends, you'll only be able to see those on maybe not Friends, for sure The Office on their streaming service. I have this feeling that we're just going to have to like subscribe for a couple months, watch what we want to watch and then unsubscribe so we can watch, you know, then subscribe to a different one. So I'm, I'm very much thinking about dropping Hulu for a couple months so that I can sign up for CBS All Access and binge Star Trek Discovery and also The Good Fights on that, which is like a spinoff from The Good Wife. So that could be kind of fun. So, but I really love that. And I'm just was so bummed when I got home and found out that, that I couldn't really watch it. So that's kind of it. I mean, we're still, the, the next season, the newest season of Madam Secretary has dropped. So still all over that. We're getting caught up with that. So still completely loving that show. Oh, we watched Ocean's 8 as a family, which is like the all-female version, you know, or spinoff sort of of Ocean's 11. And that was cute. It was cute. It's It was no Ocean's 11, i got to be honest with you. But um, I did just kind of like that. And I love a lot of the actresses that are in that. So let's talk about books a little bit. I decided to bring The Clockmaker's Daughter by Kate Morton on vacation with me. I like having a paper book at the lake because it's very bright outside. And it's if I try to read on my tablet, there's a whole reflection issue. So I like to have a paper book with me. Just also seems a little more, you know, and everything's a little analog at the lake. (laughs) And I mentioned before, I, I, I got this for Christmas and got into it about 60 pages and it was not grabbing me at all but I just I started over and I kind of remembered why it wasn't grabbing me but I kind of pushed through that the weird thing about this book um is that there's a little supernatural element which I guess Kate Morton books sometimes do but there's like a a ghost <laughs> and at first I wasn't sure if, if, if the house was the ghost or if there's a ghost in the house so that's kind of weird Kate Morton books which I absolutely love Kate Morton in general her her stories are sometimes a little complicated they often take place in at least two sometimes three time periods so that you get the whole backstory of what's happening um, for whatever her plot line is and this book is no exception um, I, you know, I've just now kind of figured out who the clockmaker's daughter is and, and how she's figuring in, but I'm now, I don't know, about a third of the way through the book, so I, I can't really give a recommendation yet, but I'm enjoying it more. The last time I talked about this, someone wrote to me and said that they felt the same way and that it got good about three quarters of the way through, and then she couldn't put it down, and I know that experience very well, so I'm just kind of waiting for that. It seems like a really good summer read, so I'm, I am enjoying that. Um, here's another one that I probably shouldn't talk about because I haven't read it, but there was a Kindle book on sale called How to Find Love in a Bookshop. And I stumbled across this because I um, follow the modern Mrs. Darcy on social media. And she has these ebook, uh, she, you can get the ebook deals. She sends you, um, you, you can get an email that has them every week, but sometimes she puts them in her stories. I don't get the email, I don't like to get a lot of emails. Um, and when she says these ones are really good, then I often click over. So this sounds super cute. The reviews on it are really good. Again, it's called How to Find Love in a Bookshop by Veronica Henry. And it's about a widow, widower actually, who buys a bookshop in a, what is I'm sure going to be a very charming little English village. And he's very into recommending books for people because um, he thinks that they can, you know, just 
everybody has a book that is perfect for them. So I'm going to read that pretty soon. I got it for $1.99. I don't know when you listen to this if it will still be on sale, but I'm, I'm kind of going um, that direction. So that'll be the book that's next up after I finish this Kate Morton. And I would love it if you guys would share some book recommendations with me. I'm feeling a little stagnated on books right now, so I could totally use some, some good recommendations. All right, let's finish this off with some homemaking. You are probably tired of listening to me talk about my decluttering projects, but I'm going to continue because I want to inspire you to dig in and knock some of these projects off your list because it feels so good and freeing. So to recap, my husband and I went through the entire garage, one section at a time, one week at a time. It took us like six weeks and, um, I'm a little bit happy every time I walk through their garage and it is nothing special to look at. Only we know that of the work that went into it and that, that there is space and, and there were, you know, trips to hazardous waste, e-waste, the dump, you know, paper shredding, the whole deal. So that felt really good. We took this mojo, moved it into the house, did the hall closet, which I was really, um, the bottom part of that was no big deal. You know, just, that's just a bunch of crap that needed to be dealt with. But the shelf, which is, I'm talking in our hall closet, like two feet wide. It's no big deal. But it was the place that I stored every photograph that came into the house, like school pictures, um, sports pictures, Christmas cards that I wanted to keep, just random pictures people gave me. I put them in there. To my credit, they were all in one place. So that was good. But I knew it was going to be so painful to deal with these. Took them all down and um, did this very painful process of, so, you know, school pictures. We just saved one and we threw the rest away. I threw photos of my children in the trash, even professional photos. Because, you know, like back when, when the kids were really little, we did a lot of Sears or JCPenney's where you had to buy the package, right? So there's like, you know, I just do not need 27 pictures of every size of this one thing. So we would pick a nice size. And sometimes I saved more than one because I couldn't bear it. But what we took, you know, which was just this huge amount of photos and it became very, very manageable. It took hours and I could not have done it without my husband, you know, just saying, reminding me, we don't need that. We don't need that. And then um, we were able to move those all into the master closet, which now has all the photographs and everything is so easily accessible. And uh, I just feel like I, you know, it conquered a huge thing. And I was not great about it. At some point I started writing uh, like, you know, the name like Jonah 2011 or Jonah fourth grade or whatever on the back, and, you know, for the three generations from now who don't know who these people are and probably don't care. But um, for the most part, just cut them out. I've got a box, um, like a photo box. They're not an album. So I don't even know if I'm ever going to go back to albums. I do have like 12 albums that I'm staring at right now of previous things before digital cameras came out. And, but I just have a box. I just put all these photos in and you know what? I've got no problems like pulling out a box of photos and looking through them and they don't have to be in order. It's kind of a fun happenstance, you know, serendipity of these, you know, photos in these random orders. So I feel super good about that. So then we moved that mojo into the master closet, which took a couple days, maybe three days to go through, but we did it consecutive days because we were on vacation. And all in all, I think I took 12 bags of stuff to Goodwill. And one thing that really um, came home to me that I didn't realize is that I had sewing stuff stashed 
in five different places around this house. A lot of, some of it was like stashed under, on the floor of the closet, which I'd kind of forgotten about that stuff. It's kind of old stuff. And so I was able to get rid of that. I've got a whole bag of stuff that I'm going to donate to a quilt guild. But it was my um, hope and my goal to corral the sewing stuff. Because I don't, I do have a sewing room, but the, my storage situation is terrible, which is why I have it stashed all over the house, which is not serving me because I didn't even know where stuff was. So um, I now have sewing stuff in three places in the house. <laughs> and that might actually have to stay that way. See, We'll see if we can get it down to two. But um, so yeah, so anyways, tackle those big projects that that are, that are haunting you. Even like, I think the best thing we did was when we were just tackling it for a couple, you know, an hour, like every Saturday or Sunday, just, and, and by the time you get to the end of the week, I mean, that's like 50 days of doing that. You've got to be able to work your way around the house by that time. So, um, and I will admit that as I'm cleaning out these things, I'm creating problems in other areas. So as I was getting rid of stuff from the closet, I was moving random sewing stuff to my sewing room and um that create which which meant i was just deferring decisions but one day i went down there to, to handle that and one thing led to another and i sort of accidentally uh, decluttered my whole sewing room too so anyways um and the other one thing i wanted to talk about a little bit was tackling those small but nagging um items we've I, you know talked about this before too but i'm going to keep sharing with you the ones that i'm knocking off and for me this went with the photo project is I have two kids who have graduated from high school and we had nice senior pictures done, like kind of outdoorsy ones. And, and the impetus to do those was to create um, a graduation announcement. But Chloe graduated three years ago and I never printed any of her um, announce, uh, her photos. So I finally, I just got on Amazon and I bought three frames because I've got three kids and I learned early on you got to buy all three because you'll never find the matching again. And so I bought three frames and they have three five by seven slots in them. And um, I was able to pick out three pictures for Chloe, three pictures for Jonah and print them. I uploaded them online to a local place, went and picked them up and framed them up and they look fabulous. So that left me with this third frame and what to do about Ben. And I wasn't just, I wasn't going to do anything. I'm going to frame, I'm going to hang these um, kind of stacked on top of each other down a, a narrow wall. And so my husband convinced me to go through and find three baby pictures of Ben that will sort of be placeholders <laughs> until his senior pictures are, which aren't for a couple of years. Um, thank goodness. And because we had done the whole photo project, I knew exactly where to go to get these photos. And so that was really fun. So those, I'd love to tell you that those are also already hung, but they're not. They're leaning against them the wall on the floor in the, in the hallway, sort of, we kind of, uh, finished that whole thing Sunday night before we were going to go back to work the next day and just could not work up the energy to also hang them. So that's the project for this week. So anyways, um, this is getting a little longer than I expected. So I'm just going to move on to thanking people for reviews. Oh my gosh. I wrote these down and now I don't think that I can read my writing. First of all, I found out that iTunes reviews are different than Apple podcast reviews. So I missed some older ones. Colleen Quilts 2. Um, I want to say Robic Ange. R-O-B-I-C-A-N-G-E. And T. Dirks. Thank you so much for leaving reviews. And this is, you know, like five and six months late. So um, I'm sorry about that. I didn't even know that they were different. And then Janet M. and 
Sap K. Thank you for your wonderful reviews. It's like, it's so fun to read. Um, I will say that one person left a review, not any of those people, um, that said, I really tried to like this podcast, but she just talks about her life. Her, nobody's life can be like that perfect or something. And I just had to laugh because I feel like that is the last thing I present here is that things are perfect here. I think I share the, the trials and tribulations and failures quite often. But on the other hand, um, you know, I don't want to be depressing. So I'm basically, you know, kind of talking about the wins on the podcast. So my apologies if things th seem perfect because they're not. But uh, that's okay. I can I can take a little criticism. I also got a wonderful email from a listener. Um, I don't know if it's okay to say her name, so I won't. But just just a beautiful um, email that just talked about how much we have in common. I love to get those. I get those some direct messages and people saying we have so much in common. And it's isn't it interesting that you know with a medium like this you can just reach out to people all over the world and really find your tribe. You know, I just only have a handful of um, friends in real life that are interested in the same things I am. But because of the, the Internet, for all the bad things that happen, there's a lot of good. And we can all, you know, support each other and encourage each other. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. So that's about it for this week. Thanks for hanging with me. I hope that you had something nice and cool to drink. And I hope you're enjoying your summer or winter or, where, you know, wherever you are. Um, I just hope that you have a great day. I will talk to you later.